So we're in this series that is called Answer the Call. Answer the Call. And so far we've talked about two calls that we've all received. The call to holiness and the call to abstain. Now the Bible tells us that we are to be holy for our Father, God, is holy. And he requires for us to be holy. And what does it mean to be holy? It means to be set apart, to be consecrated. And the moment that you and I come to Jesus, we are set apart for him, for his honor, for his glory. We talked about that we are given a new citizenship and we become citizens of heaven and we are aliens now on earth. Call to holiness, set apart for him. It doesn't mean we're perfect. But we will repent and get right and receive his forgiveness. We talked last week about the calling to abstain. And the word abstain means to cease or to stop. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter that we are to abstain from fleshly lusts, fleshly desires. You know, like when you feel like telling somebody off because you're going to just feel so much better because they had it coming. Am I the only one? Don't leave me hanging. Come on now. Yeah, right. Oh, I'm just going to give him a piece of my mind. And then the Holy Ghost grabs you after you gave him a piece of your mind and said, that's not who you were supposed to be, right? See, those fleshly desires to act or do, Paul writes and says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I want to do, I don't do, because there is a war, there is a wrestling that is taking place between your spirit man and the flesh. So Peter writes there in 1 Peter chapter 2, abstain from fleshly lusts or fleshly desires. And today I want to talk about another call. And it's the call to choose. The call to choose. I love the verse in Joshua that says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. What does the word choose mean? It's going to come up here on the screen behind me. But the word choose simply means this. Pick out or select someone or something as being the best or most appropriate of two or more alternatives. One more time. Pick out or select someone or something as being the best or most appropriate of two or more alternatives. Now, I'm going to date myself here. There is this movie that came out a long time ago. Let's see if you know what it is. Indiana Jones. Man, I love me Indiana Jones. Now, if you've never watched Indiana Jones, go get them, watch them, because there's a new one coming out. Yes, there is. Harrison Ford's coming back, I think. It's him again. But anyways, wait. I love Indiana Jones. And there's a specific portion of Indiana Jones when they're looking for the last grail, the holy grail. And they get to this room full of all of these glasses or all of these uh, 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 cups, goblets, and the grail knight comes up and he says these words, choose wisely for while the true grail will bring you life, the false grail will take it from you. 
That's the line. I, I haven't seen this movie, I'll be honest, probably in a couple decades. But I love that line has always been there. They also made it into a Pepsi commercial. Choose wisely. Do you remember that commercial? And guys, we all, when you boil down to it, we all receive calls from two people. There's only two callers, God and Satan. We think we have so many choices. We think there's so many things, but there's two callers, God or Satan. And many a times we hit the answer button to God, and sometimes we decline it. And sometimes we decline the call from Satan, but sometimes we answer it. Everything boils down to these two. And the question is, will we choose wisely? Which call will we answer? Now let's get into the word. Go to 1 Peter. We're going to go back to 1 Peter. And in 1 Peter, we're going to go to chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5, and we're going to start reading in verse number 5. 1 Peter 5, 5. 1 Peter 5, 5. And it says this, likewise, you younger people. Anybody young people in here? All right, good. We're all young. Everybody say it. I'm young. All right, good. Likewise, you young people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings, the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have all suffered a while, Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. If you're taking notes, I want to harp on a few things this morning. The first one is this. Answering God requires humility. Answering God requires humility. What does it mean to be humble? What does it mean to have humility? It's recognizing you can't. It's all him. Pride is the opposite. And what does the actual verse say? It says, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Church, part of the issue that we have, even as Christians, listen, online campus as well, is the fact that we think we don't need it. We think we did it on our own. If you look throughout all of scripture, you see all of these men and all of these women who have success and they get to a place where they thought it was them. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, when Nebuchadnezzar has the dream 
And he goes to the prophet after he's going through all these things. This is the second dream he has, right? Like he goes and Daniel tells him, I pray this is for your enemies and not for you. And he talks to him about the situation that was coming down the pipe, which was that if he thought it was him, there was going to be a problem and he was going to be basically a wild animal. And if you continue reading, it says that a year later, God gave him a year. A year later, he was standing on his rooftop and he looked over Babylon and he said, look at all that I've done. And in that minute, he lost all his faculties bent down like a wild animal, and for seven years lived like a wild animal. God even gave him a year. Church, we need to stay humble. If we allow pride to come in, come on, who more of an example than Satan himself? The angel of light. He was an angel the bright morning star described in Ezekiel. His role, it is believed according to scripture and by many scholars that part of his role was to open his wings and shine God's glory back at God. But at one moment he thought the glory was his and that he could be God and pride came in and he lost it all. And what does he want to do? Take you and me with him. We need to stay humble. Real humility, not false humility. Come on, y'all know any false, humble people? They say it, but their heart's arrogant and full of pride. Remember this, God sees the heart. And you and I may fool people, but we're not fooling him. So what is one of the first things we need to do in order to answer the call from God, hitting that green button, is to walk in humility. The second thing we see here in this passage that we read is that answering God requires submission. Ooh, that's a word we don't like. Submit. Because what is submission is when you give your rights to someone else, in a sense. You put yourself under someone else's authority. And we love to have people submit to us. But we have so many unsubmitted believers around the world, which is why we're in the state we're in. We cannot require anyone to be submitted if you are unsubmitted. Church, we need to submit to God. Not my wants, not my thoughts, not my desires. I can't tell you how many people I've met throughout my decades in ministry who have a call, but they're choosing to follow other things. And some of them have what the world would consider success. But are miserable because they decline the call of God and have not submitted fully to him. We must stay humble and we must submit. Submit. Now, let me talk to the men for a second. Because men, especially married men, love to quote the verse that says, Wives, submit to your husband. I want to hear the yeah when I'm done. (laughs) 
Somebody bring him a towel. We're going to go sweat in a minute. I'm going to hear her say, yeah. Husbands, we cannot, quote, submit to what I say in this house if we're unsubmitted to God. Your submission to God comes first. And if you are unsubmitted to authority, you don't have a leg to stand on in claiming authority. My wife and I, we're a team. You and your wife are a team. Decisions should be made together and in agreement. However, Sometimes there's a direction opposite of what she thinks, but she will in that time submit or agree because she knows I'm submitted to him. And it's not, this is what I say, it's this is what God has said, let's lead and follow together. But we cannot require submission I don't like the word, but we're just, just get what I'm saying. We can't require it if we can't submit. And many of us men are dealing with pride and arrogance, and we think we know better, and it's why we don't submit to God, and it's why our homes are not in the place where they should be. So as we submit to God, we're going to see different things happen in our home and in our children. We love, but we got to read the whole thing. As Christ loves the church. And Christ gave his life for the church. So as a matter of fact, part of submitting to God is sometimes you taking the back seat to propel her. Is you taking a sideline so that she can advance. What is God asking of you and me this morning? All right, now I can get it again. All right. We must submit to God. We must submit to God. We stay humble. We submit. And then look at what verse 8 says. Sorry, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you if you're taking notes write this down answering god requires letting it go as elsa famously put it let it go let it go let it go some of us are still carrying the things that we were not meant to carry i remember when i was little a long time ago, the suitcase industry was revolutionized because it went from these big boxy suitcases that you had to carry to these big boxy suitcases that had two wheels. And you would tilt it and pull it. So now you weren't carrying all this weight, you were only carrying partial weight. And now, We've got these spinner suitcases. They got four 
four wheels. You can just put it and just walk nonchalantly like if nothing. But here's the problem. There's a lot of us that have a suitcase with four wheels, but we're carrying it. Because of our pride and our lack of submission. Because of us thinking, I can, I, I, I got this. No, you don't. I don't got it either. I told you a little while ago, if I don't have Jesus every single day, I can't. I need him every single day. <clears throat> Multiple times a day. Especially if you're driving. Get, 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 get to God pretty quick. We've got to let go. The word cares, when you look it up in the original language, the definition of it is something that divides your focus. Anxieties, worries, those things divide your focus. So what does Peter write to the church there? What is God saying to us this morning? Let go of the things that divide your focus. Let go of the things that divide your focus. Cast your cares upon me. Jesus said, come to me, those who are tired and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Jesus said, take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Church, when we get to the point that we're answering the call of God, part of it is casting or letting go of the things that we're not meant to carry. We're living life at a rhythm. And the reason we're out of rhythm is because we've taken God out of the equation or put him in the wrong position in our life. Let me tell you, there's marriages that are out of rhythm because God is not where he should be in position number one. The children are where God should be and the children are above the spouse or the, their career is above family, all these different things. And then we wonder why they don't last. Submitting to God is putting things in the order that he intends. God first, spouse second, children third, everything else. I love my girls. I do anything for my girls. As a matter of fact, they're the only ones that can walk into my office unannounced. And I don't get mad. The only ones. But Patty comes first. And I love my wife. And I will defend her. And I will do whatever it takes. But God comes before her. And I love you, 3W. But I will not sacrifice them for you. I will drop things if it's within my power to be there. But you know who the first disciples of David Perez are? Abigail, Alexandra, and Samantha. And the first person I'm called to pastor is Patricia. Men, that's the role in your house too. Pastor your home. Lead your home. Lead your children. I don't care how much money's in the bank if your kids don't love Jesus. 
I don't care what's going on, man. I'm going down the tangent, but I don't know who this is for. It might not even be somebody building. It might be somebody online. But we need to understand. We need to take the role and answer the call we've been called. And stop hitting the red ignore button. And what does it require? Church, it requires humility. It requires submission. It requires letting go. And this is the next verse says there, be sober and vigilant. Answering God requires us to be sober and vigilant. What does the word sober mean? It means to have self-control, to still have your faculties. Why does it use the word sober? It's not just talking there about drinking, okay? It's talking about the fact that when you are not in self-control, when you are not in your right mind, you will make dumb choices. And you'll miss things. Right? Like, like if we were writing it in today's English, it might have said, don't drive while texting. Is it is a similar thing to being sober-minded? How many people are getting to accidents every single day? Do you know? Look this up later. Fact check me. There are cities that are putting lights on the ground at the sidewalk crossings because there's too many people crossing the street while looking at their phones and so they're getting hit by cars. So cities are investing millions of dollars to put lights, green and red lights, on the floor. I thought it was a joke and then I read a few articles on it. Now let's talk about it for a second. Let's use the word sober. Let, let's be very, very clear. According to the word of God, according to the scripture, sinning is getting drunk. Which means if you have your glass of wine or something of that nature, you're not in sin. But if you can't have just one, there's a problem. And that might be sin for you. If you can't relax without a glass of wine, that's a problem. Because your dependence is on a substance and not God. So let's get back to this teaching. Be sober. Be vigilant, which is the word watchful. Be paying attention. There's a saying I hear from my dad almost every single time we hang up. Almost every single time. Keep your eyes open out there. I was on the field trip with Abigail the other day. We talked on the day. He was like, and he's like, keep your eyes open. I was like, I'm not driving, but it's okay. I'll keep my eyes open. I was like, I actually want to sleep on the bus now. But it's always keep your eyes open. Be vigilant. Be looking. Be aware. Now, notice it doesn't say that the enemy is a lion. First and foremost, can, can we put that verse up? Verse number eight, nine. Uh, hold on. Nine. Yeah, eight. Notice there. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary. Now let's be clear who your adversary is. The devil. The adversary is the devil. And can I tell you one more thing? He hates you just as much as he hates me. I may be called to pastor a flock. But just like you, I'm called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and make disciples. 
I'm called to pray for people. And if you are living the life of a Christian, he hates you just the same. Multiple reasons. Number one, he lost what you're going to have for eternity, and he ain't, can't get it back. So you do have an adversary. As like somebody said over on this side, it's not your boss. It's the devil. It's not your neighbor. It's the devil. It's not your coworker. It's the devil. And too many times we fight with people instead of fighting with the true adversary. But notice again what it says. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like he's not a lion. He mimics. You know who's a lion? The lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus. He tries to mimic like a lion and he walks about doing what? Seeking whom he may devour. He's calling. He's calling. Will they accept the call? Will they accept the call? Will they accept the call? Do you know, if you ever watch National Geographic, if you ever watch any of these shows uh, 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 that show the, you know, the, the, the Serengeti or all these different places, lions will pursue the easy prey. The one that's isolated, which is why you should not do life alone. The one that's hurting or weak. The one that's sickly and off to a corner. Which is why, can I talk to us for a minute here? When you have a brother or a sister that you see is hurting, reach out. Call. Tell them I miss you. Tell them I'm praying for you. Tell them I love you. Let them know they're not alone. Bring them to fellowship with you. As you fellowship with God. Like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells us in the book of John, Jesus says the enemy comes to do this. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. All he does. Kill, steal, destroy. Kill, steal, destroy. He wants to destroy you, your calling. He wants to kill you off, your family, your purpose. He hates us. But God is bigger, and God is better, and if you submit to God, and you do what he says, you're able to walk into blessings that are promised to us. And then, Peter writes, inspired through the Holy Spirit, how to decline the enemy's call. He says, resist him. So if you're writing things down, we, we wrote down how to answer the call of God. Requires humility, requires submission, letting go, requires being sober, being vigilant, resisting Satan and declining his calls. This is how we do it. We need to put on the armor. We need to resist him. The word resist is this word. I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Antihistamine. Now I want you to think of this, antihistamine. Anybody ever taken antihistamine? See, the antihistamine is the active part of a medication that will block the particles that are making you sneeze or cough or get the congestion, this antihistamine. And the word antihistamine comes from the word that I just read to you that means resist. It is something that is making your immune system stand up and resist what is trying to make it weaken. 
And it's the same exact word that Ephesians chapter 6 uses when it says to withstand against the evil one. We need to block, resist the enemy. What does that look like? For some of us, part of it is getting rid of some of the people around us. Pastor, what do you mean? I'm supposed to love everybody. Yep. You might not like this. I won't say it anyway. I'm called to love everyone. I'm not called to like everyone. I know. The home's rough. I had a situation recently. Something took place. My wife's telling me about it. And she's like, I'm glad I wasn't there. She's like, well, I was like, you know me. You know what I would have said. She's like, what would you have said, David? And I was like, I would have said, I love you, but I don't like you. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of people that don't like me. I get it. It's all right. There's people in our lives that were in our lives that you have grown in your walk with God, and they haven't. And all they want to do is take you back to who you used to be. It's over. But pastor, I grew up with them. And every time you get with them, you do the things you grew up with them doing. And then you feel bad because you feel conviction. Resist. Block. Put away. Some of us need to block places that we go to, things that we listen to. What you put in is going to come out. If everything we're listening to is foul, what comes out is going to be foul. If everything that we're watching is foul, what comes out is going to be foul. I had a student one time. Lovely girl, lovely family. But because of what they ate, man, during PE, the sweat is smelled. Because what you cut in comes out. Jesus said, wide is a road that leads to destruction or to perdition. Narrow is the road that leads to him. The closer you walk with him, the narrower the focus becomes. Right? Like some of you in here, as I look around, you're in middle school, you're in high school, or whatever the case might be. Right now, you're taking a broad spectrum of classes. You're taking reading and writing and math and science and social studies, and you take electives and all these different things. And then you get to college, and you take, again, a bunch of core things, but then you choose a major. And if you're studying nursing, you take a lot of science classes and anatomy and all these different things. But if you're uh, studying engineering, you take a lot of math. And if you're studying hospitality, you take a lot of classes that deal with how to deal with people. Whatever you are studying in, the road of the class selection becomes more narrow. And can I tell you, the closer you get to God, the narrower the road becomes. And that's a good thing. Because the narrower the road gets, the means the closer I'm getting to him. And as I said two weeks ago and repeated last week, we're not who we used to be. We are a new creation. We have a new citizenship. We are now a child of God. So you need to resist 
I started doing something recently, which is every time I get one of those robocall, fake scam calls or whatever, I block the number. And the other day I was driving and I kept getting a call from someone. I got like four or five phone calls. I call back and I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, Pastor, I called you by mistake. I blocked you by mistake when you called me the other day. And now I missed the call, so I'm trying to unblock you, but I can't figure it out. And we laughed, and, and uh, he called a few more times, but I knew he was just trying to unblock me. Church, block the devil. Resist him. Block the devil. Block the people that are being used by the devil and that you are allowing them to hurt you. Block them. Block them. Because as we resist, man, go to Ephesians. Sorry, go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against our boss or our neighbor or the person at the grocery store. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to antihistamine, withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. I'm not going anywhere. I'm all in. I'm fighting. And church, the phone is ringing. Phone is ringing. The phone is ringing. And the caller ID is telling us who it is. And we make the choice. Worship team, come to the altar. We make the choice who we answer and who we send to voicemail. But man, I figured this out. There's some people out there, they don't set up their voicemail. Which means when your phone call gets declined, it says the subscriber you're trying to reach has a voicemail box that has not been activated. Listen, don't activate the voicemail so Satan can leave you a voicemail of how horrible you used to be, of who you are or what you did. Don't activate the voicemail that he can tell you all these things and then you hear it over and over and over. Block it, put it to the side, and only get into what God says about you and who he says you are. Church, we're in the end times. We're in the last days. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow. I know he's coming back. But I know this. Every day people are dying and going to hell. Every single day. People are hurting. And you and I have the answer. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. Spread Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. Tell God, I want to be used.
about you. God, what do you want me to get rid of? God, what, what do I need to block? What do I need to push away? God, tell me. Show me. The call to holiness. The call to abstain. The call to choose. As Joshua said, chapter 24, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on, let's stand to our feet. This is what I want you to do. Everybody in the building, everybody watching or listening online, I want you to take a moment. And I want you to look into your life and let God show you if there's areas in your life where there's pride instead of humility. I want you to ask God and let him show you if there's areas of your life where there is not submission. I want you to ask God and let him show you if there's areas in your life in which you are not being sober or vigilant. I want you to have this moment where you talk to God. And you ask him, to show you if there's things in your life that you need to block or push to the side. If there's things in your life that you need to let go. And as we worship, you individually and God have a little conversation. Tell them, God, I surrender. I'll walk in humility. I'll submit to you. I'll let go of the past, of the hurts, of the pains. I'll cast those cares on you. God, I'm going to be sober, vigilant, watchful. Lord, I'm going to put on the armor consistently and daily, and I'm going to block the enemy's call. In Jesus' name.